Hi everyone, this is Danny. And this is Sharissa, ready to bring you Looking Up. Starting right after this next song.
Welcome to Looking Up with Danny and Charissa and Shell, of course. Indeed, let's not forget Shell. <laughs> what a wonderful day it is today. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. I would say it's deliciously delicious. And you know why it is deliciously delicious? It's the first day of spring. Yay! <laughs> so that's why Shell had a spring in her step today as she came in. <laughs> All things are now explained. <laughs> well, it's been a, it's such a beautiful day outside. We hope that everyone gets an opportunity to breathe out in some fresh air. And get some vitamin D. Get some vitamin D. Go for a walk uh, because it is such a beautiful but day. Make sure you have your mask with you when you go for a walk. <laughs> that's right. We want to also remind you that this is the Looking Up program and we have uh, this every week it happens every week live and so if you're interested in hearing some of the previous episodes then you can actually do so by going to our website the faith fm website and there you just click on the looking up program and you will be able to find under the podcast section all of the previous uh, programs that we have done here also we are going through a series right now on the days of noah mm. uh, which has been really fascinating unpacking you know this an ancient story how it's still speaks to us today and there's been so many things and I'm looking forward to the Bible study today because what's it about, Pastor Danny? Well, today's Bible study is about the covenant in Noah. Uh, God made a covenant. The first time the word covenant appears is in the story of Noah. And so we're going to discover the end time implications of God's covenant. So it's called God's end time covenant of love. Wow, I love the sound of this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to stepping through. We also want to let you know that we will have a prize for the first and second person who will connect with us in today's program. We will be giving you a code word as the program continues and when that happens. Uh, and even if it doesn't come to that point, but we'd love to hear from you, you can call or text us here in the studio on 0491 Zero six four six six nine. We actually really enjoy hearing from our listeners. So I think uh, we've got a lot to talk about in the news coming up in just a few moments. But uh, did anything exciting happen for you on the weekend? Well, I went for uh, a bike ride, which I love to do, um, yeah, on my mountain bike uh, around the track where I live called a Wabba. And I just love being out in the bush, exercising, sweating, hearing the birds, you know, away from people, no mask. It's just fantastic. Yeah, and actually I thought of you today. I went for a bike ride too. <gasps> so we're going to listen to a song now by Sailor, Into My Heart, and it's a medley of that and Fairest Lord Jesus. Two beautiful songs. And then right after that, we will be back with so much more. So stay tuned. This is Looking Up. Into my heart, into my heart, come in.
up and uh, look we have so much to talk about in the news and I guess we should remind our listeners Pastor Danny of why this program is entitled I mean why it's called Looking Up. Okay that's a good thing to remind our listeners each and every time because we may be having some people who are tuning in for the first time. We and love first Yeah time absolutely so if you're tuning in for the first time to Looking Up Big, warm welcome on this beautiful day. Um, the reason why we call this program Looking Up, and uh, that's the title we gave it last year when we first began, is because Jesus said in Luke 21, verses 28, so we've taken these words looking up straight out of the words of Jesus. He said in Luke 21, 28, in connection with uh, the signs of his coming and that final sign that would uh, that will usher in the coming of Jesus, which is the gospel to all the world, and everything that will precede that, Jesus said, when you see all these things come to pass. So as we are seeing, you know, world events ramping up, Jesus said, look up 
because your redemption is drawing near. So the reason why this show is called Looking Up is because we are focused on the second coming of Jesus. And as Seventh-day Adventists, we are both Seventh-day Adventists, um, part of our name is the second coming of Jesus. It's in our DNA. It's embedded in our name as a church. You know, an Adventist is someone who's looking forward to the advent of Jesus. Mm. So, you know, this program is all about not only taking a look at how close we are to the coming of Jesus, I think that is obvious to many people, but more importantly, Sharissa, we are looking at how to help people, how to help all of us prepare for the coming of Jesus because Jesus actually spent more time on preparation for his coming when he spoke about the signs of his coming in Matthew 24 and 25. He spoke more of how to prepare, how to be ready, than even the signs themselves that would lead to the second coming. I love how you drew our attention to that right now. And I I just love the name of this program, Looking Up. Like, look up, lift your eyes off of this world and Amen. look up and lift them to What's Jesus. What's the alternative? What's the alternative? There's no better alternative. Looking down <laughs> or looking yeah. at one another? That's yeah. not much fun. So You won't be uplifting to anybody if we do that. Yeah, so. so looking up is the only way to fly in this day and age. And there's so many things that are happening that Jesus did say would yes, happen before indeed. he returns. Indeed. Um, one of those things, uh, do you want to share? Would you like to go first? No, you go you first. You go go first? Ladies before gentlemen. Uh, well, I'm not really a gentleman, but anyway, ladies before men. <laughs> <laughs> that way I'll take it. So, uh, yeah, look, I was interested to read in the news. I've seen it in a couple of uh, news websites now. Um, just recently, they're talking about a new COVID variant in South Africa. Now, that is news to me, Sharissa. You didn't know this? I had no idea. Okay. So, all I, I mean, we've just heard of the Delta. I thought that's like the fourth, well, that's the fourth major variant. There's there's other offshoots of Delta, little minor sort of um, alterations. But you're talking about a brand new variant. A brand new variant. All right, tell which, us about it. Tell us about it. Which is apparently more um, infectious no than way. Delta. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. More infectious. Yes. Folk, so- this might be a good time just to turn off your radio just for the next <laughs> minute or so. Um, <laughs> no. But, you know what I can take from this? Jesus said that before he comes back, there would be pestilences, plural. <laughs> he did. He did. And, and where's uh, that found? This is in Matthew 24. Verse 7. Yeah, so it's just a sign of the time. Wow, and where is that from, that uh, that new variant? Well, it's called the C.1.2. Um, that's what it's called here. It's a new COVID variant. Where have they found it? In South Africa. In South Africa, and that's obviously very recent because we haven't heard nothing on the news about that, sort yes. of mainstream news. Yes, wow. so they're just watching it closely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I'm seeing here. Wow, seeing so. that is... Very interesting. And if it's all, if it is what it says it is, it could render certain generations of the vaccine, you know, not as capable of being a good defense against yeah. this, uh, against this variant. So, yeah. She yeah. says here, though, the person says there's no need to panic. They're just keeping an eye yeah, on yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, you know, time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell um, regarding this variant and so forth and, and what happened. Because it's interesting, apart from Australia, uh, as far as the Western world is concerned, it's opening up, mm-hmm. you know, it's opening up. You know, they had their Freedom Day in the UK not so long ago, the United States, um, you know, Europe is opening up, you know, they're introducing uh, COVID passports um, in in various countries, um, France, Israel, you know, the UK are talking about it, the US is talking about it and so forth. So they're looking to open up and... Um, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, they're looking at boosters now. Mm. 
uh, in some of these nations that have got high vaccination rates. They're looking at boosters. And, uh, you know, we're not, obviously, we haven't even vaccinated uh, the entire 70 to 80% that they're aiming for here in Australia. So we're well away from that. But you're talking about a new variant. Mm, of the Delta. Wow. The do, you know, do you know what this tells us, uh, Sharissa? This tells us that we are living in, in uncertain times. And um, yeah, and in really, case we didn't already know it. Yeah, and that's and that's why it's interesting. It's interesting. It's so relevant what Jesus had to say. Um, he said, you know, those labor pains. Matthew twenty four verse eight. He used the analogy of labor pains, and uh, you know, I don't know from personal experience, you know, the the whole sequence of events that happens, you know, in the in, in a woman's body when it comes to labor pains. But I've been there, and I think we all know that those labor pains intensify in frequency and intensity, mm-hmm. you know, the closer we come to the birth. And the birth, you know, in a spiritual sense, following the analogy to its end, is the coming of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I see you've got some uh, yes. things you brought in, show Look. and tell. Oh, okay, all right, show and tell, all right. I think yeah. he's got quite a bit to show okay. today. Okay, I was trying to be humble about this, trying to be very humble about this, but seeing that you asked... And it just happened, I just happened to bring it. I don't know why, it must have just slipped into my notes. Um, anyway, we remember, you, you might remember, folk, we talked um, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, a couple of Wednesdays ago, that Sharissa received a letter from the Premier of New South Wales. Like, they are best buds. How could we forget that moment? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Gladys Berejiklian is one of... Um, Sharissa's friends on Facebook and <laughs> um, <laughs> no, not quite. You're not that connected. Not that <laughs> anyway, uh, look, Sharissa came up with a great idea and I took it on board and I actually want to encourage all of our listeners to jump on board and that is just to send our Premier an email, you know, regardless of, of, of what your attitude is to, you know, what what she and and her government are rolling out each and every day, regardless of that, you know, as Christians, and I'm talking to those who who claim to be Christians, Bible-believing Christians, and, um, you know, we ought to be praying for our government leaders. The Bible is clear on that, you know, and I will give you a reason for that in, in just a little bit. We ought to be praying for our government leaders. And so there is no better time, Sharissa, than to pray for our government leaders, to send them an email, which you did. You sent an email to Gladys telling her you're praying for her and so on and so forth. And she sent you a letter back. She did. That was really exciting. So I decided to follow suit. So (laughs) I sent Gladys uh, uh, an email as well, letting her know that I'm praying for her and our church is praying for her and so forth. And she sent me a letter as well. Let's have a look. All Let's right, here we go. Here we go. The authenticity of the this. authenticity. Have you got yours? Let's so we can check I the signatures. Got mine here, but I, I, <laughs> it looks like she folded it the same way. Looks <laughs> like it. You know what? She's got the same smile on this photo of herself as she had on yours. Anyway, no, it, it is it, Gladys has actually um, spent a few moments in personalizing it. You know, she's she's written my name in yeah. her handwriting, uh, Daniel, and she's signed it, of course. And then she's written um, at the bottom, thanks for your prayers. Isn't that wonderful? So she read it. So I obviously didn't come yeah. from an atheist. Yeah. Um, you know, so it wasn't, it's not a generic, um, you know, she specifically has written in her handwriting. And as I've um, analyzed uh, the ink, I can tell that it's legitimate. I have, um, good, good. yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a forensic expert in um, <laughs> seeing whether it, it's real ink or whether it's. Oh, look, I think anyway. that's. Anyway, and then there, there, there's more. Yeah. There's more, there's more, there's more. 
So then I decided to send our Prime Minister an email. Oh, you one up. Oh, our Prime Minister an email. I sent him an email. And I got a letter from him just yesterday. Wow. And it wasn't in the post. Gladys's was in the post. And, um, yeah, I got a feeling this one might be a generic one. But anyway, it's interesting what he shared. Can I just read out Please what do. the Prime Minister – I mean, this is a, obviously a generic letter. I don't think is. But in, he would send it to people that he appreciates yeah, hearing from. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, it's got my name, address and everything. So, you know, someone, someone's pumped it out. Uh, from his office. And it says, um, anyway, thank you for your message of support and for your trust and faith in me as Prime Minister of Australia. I'm not sure if I used those words. But anyway, we'll press on. I've always said that as Prime Minister, I have three goals. Here they are, to keep Australia safe, to keep us prosperous, and to keep us together. And then he goes on and he writes and um and he says, yeah, at the, at the bottom, he says, you know, thank you once more for taking the time to write. I deeply appreciate it. And he signs off. Mm. Um, Scott Morrison, Prime Minister of Australia. But, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, Sharissa, we really need to – and if I could just share this scripture, Sharissa, yeah. um, why this is so important. And this is really the key. And, it, and it's only really struck me in the last little bit. First Timothy chapter 2, um, verses 1 to 4. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Let me see if I can quickly find it. First Timothy – uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, and I need to put on my glasses because I am getting very old these days, and that's not news to anyone else. But it says here, therefore, I exhort, this is the Apostle Paul writing, therefore I exhort or encourage, first of all, all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Okay, so for everyone. But then he goes on and he says, for kings... And all who are in authority, yes. that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Okay, then verse 3 and 4, I believe, is really the key. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men, and that's generic, to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So why do we need to pray for our, uh, our political leaders is that God may continue to open the doors so that we may be able to share the good news of the gospel so that, as Paul puts it, that all people may hear the good news of the gospel, may come to a knowledge of the truth and be saved. Amen. That's the bottom line. Amen. And I just, I think it's just wonderful that we can pray for our leaders. Uh, they face problems and challenges that are Far too big for them. Absolutely. But uh, if we can strengthen them and through prayer and pray that God Amen. helps them and gives them wisdom, especially Amen. in these unique and challenging times. Yes, we need to do that. Yes. So well, did you have anything else, Teresa? I, I didn't, but I know you do. Oh, okay. Back to me. <laughs> and we've only got a short moment to make this point. So. Okay. All right. There's a, a really neat um, declaration that's come out. Um, it's called the Ezekiel Declaration. I have not heard of this. The Ezekiel Declaration. You haven't heard of it. No. It's um, three ministers here in Australia uh -huh. that have um, put a petition to our Australian government, uh -huh. um, a prayerful, very well-considered um, uh, declaration, and they bring out five points of why they believe the Australian government, um, state, federal, should not go down the path of a COVID passport. Um, a number of a number of reasons based on biblical principles, and um, <clears throat> and I just want to share with you this last point. There's five key points here that they share. I'm gonna put my glasses on again, and this is what it says: um, uh, As Christian leaders, 
We find it untenable that we would be expected to refuse entry into our churches to a subgroup of society based on their medical choice. That's a good point. Only our precious Savior Jesus Christ has the authority to regulate the terms of corporate worship. These terms tell us that we are to make no distinction between those who call out in faith, neither on race or on medical choice. And it goes on and it says that we ought not to just, you know, to refuse people access to the message of the gospel, you know, based on whether they are vaccinated or not vaccinated is not Christian, it's not biblical. And it finishes off with any expectation to enforce a vaccine passport on our churches would be met with passionate resistance. Wow. May you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And well, so this so, is a, another sign of the times, isn't powerful. it? And yeah. uh, just another wonderful reminder to keep looking up. Amen. We're going to a song break. We're going to be back as we kick off our Bible study time together. So stay tuned to this program. All to Jesus, I Surrender is coming up right now.
Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll, we'll see you there. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Looking Up, and oh, we have something exciting to share with you just before we go into our Bible study uh, for today, and it is that there is a prize for the first and second person who will connect with us either through text or you can call us with the keyword, which we will release in the next segment, perhaps. And uh, I just want to let you know what this prize is so you can be ready for it. It's called Promises for the Last Days. Sounds like a really, uh, really relevant book. And it's a collection of Bible promises that have been compiled and divided into 37 areas with promises for everyone from young to old. And I think you will find great comfort, too, in some quotations mm. that have been taken from some of the beautiful writings of Ellen G. White as well. So listen, if you want to get your hands on that, Simply call or text us when we release the keyword uh, in the next segment. And this is the number 0491-064-669. If you call or text us with the keyword when it comes out and you're the first or second person to do so, you will receive this copy of this book. And it will be a tremendous blessing to you for sure. So, Pastor Danny... I think we're ready for a Bible study. We are ready to get into our Bible study to continue in this uh, series on Noah. Um, we have dug deep into the story of Noah. And the reason is, Sharissa, because Jesus said in Matthew 24, you know, verses 37 to 39, we've looked at those verses a number of times. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, and he also talked about the days of Lot in Luke chapter 17, so it will be just before a return. So Jesus uh, very clearly uh, indicated that the world and the condition of the world just before he returns would be no different in principle. We're not talking about, you know, that they would have technology, that they'd have smartphones, that they would have Facebook and Twitter and so forth in the days of Noah. They may have, they may have had technology beyond what we can imagine. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know. But um, what Jesus was talking about as far as um, society um, and, uh, and society's interest in the things of God and the kingdom of God and making a choice mm -hmm. for salvation. That's the main thing that Jesus was focusing on. So we've been looking at the story of Noah and comparing it to our day. And today we're going to look at um, yeah, a blockbuster subject that deals with um, you know this uh, final 
issue of allegiance that's going to divide the whole world and how the story of Noah fits into that in an incredible way. Some things that God has showed me. So, Sharissa, I need to give all the credit to, to God for this. What I'm about to share with our listeners and what we're going to discuss together with our listeners, I have not heard anyone uh, speak on this or I've not read it in a book, mm-hmm. um, haven't heard it in a sermon or anything like that. So it's just, you know, the Lord revealed, you know, this to me as I was studying the Noah, the story of Noah going deep. And um, so I give all the credit to the Lord. And um, if there's something amiss, I got you got no one to blame but me, folk. No one to blame all but me. God and everything else. Yeah, is all the dodgy, all the dodgy stuff is from Danny. D for Danny, D for dodgy. Um, but yeah, all the all the credit goes to to Christ um, and to the Holy Spirit, of course. Oh, well, I'm really, so I'm really so excited. it's a really exciting study. So I hope folk have their Bibles okay. um, because we're going to need our Bibles, and um, so. Yeah, we're going to be going through the, the, the material, you know, as quickly as we can because there's a lot to cover. But if you have your Bibles, you'll be able to track with us. And so, um, yeah, without any further ado, Sharissa, do you want to have a prayer? And then we'll to. get right into it. Our loving Father in heaven, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to be our teacher now as we study the Bible. We pray for all of our listeners, too, that you would help us to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, before we, before we um, you know, dive, into, dive into the scriptures, Sharissa, I, I want us to reflect on the story of the Titanic. What a story. The story of the Titanic. And, um, you know, I think every single person who, who is listening to us right now um, would be familiar with the story of the Titanic. You know, this ship, this most glorious ship that had ever been uh, designed and built up until that period of time, you know, this was the golden age of shipbuilding. And um, this was the first ship, I'm not sure if you know, Sharissa, that had a swimming pool on board. So, ah, the first, the first ship in history that had a swimming pool on board, and anyway, so you know the story. I think everyone knows the story full well. You know this maiden voyage uh, that you know had so much expectation uh, upon it. You know from from one one side of the Atlantic to the other. You know, hopefully in record time was was the plan. You know to break the record for the fastest journey and how it came to grief, you know, four days into the journey. And it was very sad that um, at the end of it, you know, some 1,500 lives were lost, 2,200 passengers on board, passengers and and crew, and we only had 700 that were saved. And yet yet the lifeboats, the lifeboats could um, uh, have at least uh, 12 to 1,500. I can't exactly remember. It was between 12... And fifteen hundred, and so many of them were half empty, hmm. and so more people could have been saved. Now, the, the 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 big tragedy that not that many people know about. I mean, people know possibly that the Titanic received a number of warnings yes. um, before it hit the iceberg, but they were all ignored, including the very last warning, Sharissa, that Titanic received. Um, only. Only about 40 minutes or so before it struck the iceberg. Well, it was actually 45 minutes uh, before Titanic struck the iceberg. Uh, the wireless operator on the Titanic, his name was Jack Phillips, he received a final message of warning from Cyril Evans, 
the wireless operator on the California. Now, the California was about an hour and a half away from the Titanic. And so the California was a ship that had decided to, you know, just park themselves because there were so many icebergs in the area. And uh, this you know, wireless operator on California, uh, Cyril Evans, he, he sent uh, a final message uh, to, to Jack Phillips on the Titanic. Do you want to read what Jack Phillips's um, response was to Cyril Evans? Shut up, shut up. I'm busy. I'm working Cape Race. Can you believe it? Can it's you believe it? Really tragic. Very tragic. These were the final words um, that Jack Phillips received from that final message from Cyril Evans, you know, on the California. Now, I'm working Cape Race. People may be thinking, what on earth? Um, Cape Race was a relay station where um, the the radio operator Jack Phillips was sending private messages from the rich and famous to either New York or to London. You know, these were private messages, you know, we're coming, can't wait for the party, da di da 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 And so he was busy focusing on private messages in relation to just everyday events, you know, the, the happy clappy of, of just entertainment living, and he says, I'm busy, shut up, shut up, I'm busy, I've got no time for your warnings because I'm here sending messages of, you know, uh, joy, peace, and happiness, peace and safety messages, and and he ignored the warning. And what's so tragic is that um, the the operator on California, Cyril Evans, after receiving that message, because there was an inquiry, and um, and all this came out into the inquiry after the you know after the disaster, there was an inquiry in London and New York. The the operator on California, Cyril Evans, he he closed off his radio. This was close to midnight. He went to bed. This was the only ship that was close enough to be able to get to Titanic in time to have about a, a window of about an hour in order to save more people. Um, and that was the so the only ship that could do something for those stranded on the Titanic that was sinking was the California, and this ship was told to shut up. And he could have, they could have helped save so many people. They could have helped save so many people. And I think of this story, Sharissa, because it just, it just so resonates with what Jesus told us would happen at the end. Jesus has given us these warnings, warnings of love, warnings of encouragement. Get on the boat, get on the boat, get on the boat. And sadly, so many people today tell Jesus to shut up. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested. I am busy. Mm -hmm. I'm busy living my life. So I don't know if you want to share anything on that, but I thought, you know, that's really the story of Noah. Yeah, and it's a, it's could sadly be the story of us today too yeah. if we don't wake up and, and listen to what God's trying to say. We're on a crash course with, with icebergs ahead even today. So. We are, and, um, and that's why Jesus said in the story of Noah, it's interesting, he, like we've said before, he didn't point to the violence in Matthew 24 and Luke 17, didn't, didn't point to the, you know, to the mass population explosion. He didn't even point to the, you know, to the intermarrying, you know, the righteous with the unrighteous, which we've looked at. But what are you talking about? They were eating, drinking, drinking marrying, and given in marriage. 
didn't yeah. want to be alarmed or alerted. No, they didn't want to be alarmed or alerted. I like that. I like that. That's very good. Did you just come up with that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fair. Right. Tanya, this <laughs> is this is one smart myself. cookie we've got on Faith FM. <laughs> And our other smart cookie is the producer, <laughs> Shell. So I'm surrounded by smart cookies. So I'm not what I am. I'm just a holy donut. <laughs> donut with a big hole somewhere. Anyway, um, but yeah, that, that's really, really fascinating. So, um, so now as we move into the story of Noah... Um, just to, just to recap, in case you're joining us for the first time, we have discovered that at creation, so you'll be thinking, wait a minute, Danny, Noah, Noah's like 1500 years after creation. Well, uh, the, the, the background and the foundation for what we're going to look at actually comes from the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, we discovered that God blessed, uh, this world in three different ways. Okay. The, the word blessed appears three times in the creation account. Once in Genesis 1, verse 22, mm -hmm. the other time in Genesis 1, 28, and the last time in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. Now, in Genesis 1, 22, what did God bless, Sharissa? Bible says, and God blessed them, that's Adam and Eve, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. Okay. So this is actually not God blessing Adam and Eve. That's that's the next blessing. This is God's God blessing the the animals. Yes, yes, sorry. The the fish and the birds. Mm -hmm. And he told them to be fruitful and multiply. And um, so this blessing is extended to all 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 the animals. Mm -hmm. Because the last time I checked you know, the land animals, um, they are able to be fruitful and multiply. So the blessing is in association with being fruitful and multiplying. The next time, yes, now regarding Adam to, and Eve, do you yes. want to read that? Uh, verse 28, then God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so that's the second blessing. And um, so where's the third blessing? Third one is in Genesis 2 verse 3, you said, and it says, then God blessed the seventh day, and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. All right, so what do we have here? We've got three blessings that God gives on day five, and he blesses the animals, and then also on day six he blesses them. Um, day six he blesses Adam and Eve and, and marriage and the family. And then on the seventh day, the Sabbath, he blesses this day. So the Sabbath ties in all the blessings that God has poured out on this earth he, he, he bundles them all up in the Sabbath blessing. So if you think of the Sabbath, the Sabbath was designed to bless the animals. Mm -hmm. It was designed to bless the earth because the earth rests. It was designed to bless, obviously, humanity and draw people closer to one another. It was designed for all of God's creation to come together in unity with their creator, each like, and every seventh day. So that's like the apex of the blessings. Blessing. Yeah. Oh, Very I powerful. And it's like, I like how God leaves the best for last. Yeah. The best till last. I like that. So we've looked at the first two blessings mm -hmm. and how Satan seek, sought to undermine them. And before the flood, all three blessings were undermined by the enemy. Mm -hmm. But after the flood, God restores all three blessings. He restored the first two, the animals, are to be fruitful and multiply. So is Adam and Eve 
well, not Adam and Eve, Noah and his family, to be fruitful and multiply. And then I was looking for the Sabbath. I couldn't find it. I'm like, it's got to be there. Maybe it's not. And then the Lord showed me where it is. All right. So you're going to save us for the next? Yes, 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 yes. We're going to go to a song break. And then we're going to come back and see what uh, the Lord directed you to. I'm I'm very much excited about this. We're going to listen to a song now by Alan Jackson. It's called Standing on the Promises. Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Amen. (laughs) And so we hope you enjoy this song. Then don't go away. You want to come back because we're going to go deeper when we come back in our Bible study together. So we'll look forward to having you back in a moment. Standing on the promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages let His praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises I cannot fall Listening every moment to the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior as my all in all Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of Christ my Savior Standing Standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Welcome back, everyone. This is Looking Up, and we are in the throes of an exciting Bible study together. So I hope you enjoy this next segment. We want to also, though, give away the code word because there's a prize to be won. And uh, the way you uh, win this prize, it's going to be there's only two prizes available today. So it's going to the first and second person who will call or text us, and the number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, but you have to call or text with this special code word. Are you ready for it? What's the code word? Pastor? The code word is Sabbath. All right, because that's what we're looking at today. S a b b a t h. There you go. <laughs> Sabbath. So call or text us on the studio number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine to obtain today's prize. If you're the first or second person, it is yours. Again, it's a beautiful book called Promises for the Last Days. That sounds like uh, mm. something. And these are not just. People's promises. These are the promises collated together from God's word, along with some comforting passages of some of the most beautiful uh, quotes you can uh, read from the writings of uh, an author named Ellen G. White. So uh, we hope that uh, those winners enjoy their their prize when it comes yeah. to them. So remember Amen. the code word, Sabbath. Sabbath. All right, Pastor Danny, you left us at a cliffhanger. Yes, at the cliff. We're yeah. at the cliff. I was looking over the cliff. And by the way, the word Sabbath has seven letters. There you go. The seventh day. I had not Sabbath. thought about that. There you go. <laughs> See? Oh, that's one thing that I've managed to. Oh, it's very, I'll stop there. 
She's counting. Here we go. Oh, here she's we go. Checking fact if it's check. The same fact in check. Hebrew too, is it? Shabbat. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, well, it works in English. Shell, Shell is our resident Hebrew expert, so we'll <laughs> ask her during the break and we'll find out. Okay. <laughs> now, like I said, Charissa, um, you know, as I was digging deep, I could clearly see, I could clearly see the the first two blessings restored. Yes. You know, yes. they're in the text. They're, they're really clear. They're in the text. You know, God says to Noah, you know, may the animals be fruitful and multiply, you know, just, you know, all the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells uh, Noah and, um, you know, and and his family, you know, be be fruitful and multiply, you know, you can, and he actually uses the, the word blessed, you know, in chapter 9, and verse 1. Maybe you want to read chapter 9 of verse 1 of um, Genesis. All right. Here the Bible says, sorry, I have to pull it up here. Genesis Gen- chapter 9, verse 1. Yep. The Bible says, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Okay, so there you go. And in fact, if you want to read just verse, verses 6 and 7, and notice the, the creation narrative embedded here in, in what happens after the flood. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. And as for you, be fruitful and multiply. Bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. Okay, so it's very clear that God reestablishes those first two blessings. So I was looking for the Sabbath. That's the third blessing from Eden. And I'm like, God, is it there? Isn't it? Is it? Isn't it? And God said, look a lot closer. Look a little bit deeper. And guess what follows those first two blessings in the text? If you want to read verses 8 and 9, please. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. Oh, wow. So here we go. And, oh, okay, well, well just, just keep going all the way to verse 11. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth, thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. Wow. And I'm like, could it be? Could it be that that, that the Sabbath is embedded in the story of Noah in connection with the covenant. Because that word covenant appears, here we go, appears once before the flood in Genesis chapter 9, sorry, in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 18, if you want to read that, Genesis six eighteen. God said, but I will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife and your son's wives with you. Okay. And it goes on, talks about the animals as well. So God says to Noah, before the flood, I'm going to establish my covenant with you and your family and with all of, with all the animals, with all of creation. Then after the flood, God once again speaks of the covenant. I have given you my covenant. And guess how many times the word covenant appears after the flood. I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. Go. Seven? Yes! <laughs> Seven times! Isn't that interesting? Seven times! Interesting indeed. Okay. So I'm like, I'm doing the maths, you know, I'm underlining. You can see, sure, so I've underlined them. Look. The, it's true, friends. Uh, he has done uh, that. In, 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 my, in my Bible, I've underlined the word. And, um, and so I'm like, let me dig a bit deeper into this word, covenant. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
I discovered what the word covenant means. So do you want to tell us what the Strong's Concordance tells us about covenant? What does it mean? Uh, it says it's an alliance, a solemn pledge, a binding agreement. You can have a covenant between men, so a friendship alliance, uh, an agreement, pledge, treaty, marriage alliance, monarch with subjects through a constitutional ordinance, or a covenant can be, to be between God and man, that would be a divine alliance of friendship with ordinances, signs, or pledges. Ah, so I'm reading this, you know, from, and I'm learning signs or pledges, ordinances, signs, or pledges. And I'm like, wow, let me look into that. Before that, have a look at, a, you know, just read this interesting comment from, from our Andrew Study Bible that we, that we use, which is a great Bible, mm-hmm. um, regarding God's covenant with humanity. It's fascinating. Do you want to read that? Yes, it says, God's covenant with humanity is unilateral, i.e. he is taking the initiative. There are conditions and requirements, but it is God's grace that is foundational to the covenant with humanity responding by faith and obedience. Wow. Now, I'm telling you, when I'm reading this, I can't help but think of the Sabbath because was the Sabbath initiated by man at the beginning of time? No. Who did who initiated the Sabbath? God. For for whose blessing was it to be? Mankind. For mankind. Was it an act of grace? Is the Sabbath an act of yes. grace? It's a reminder that he did everything and yeah. he can rest in what he has done. Absolutely. So oh. all the ingredients of the Sabbath are there in the covenant. Wow. And the response <laughs> to loyalty to God is Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, including the Sabbath, because I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And so according to this definition from Andrews, which I think is right on the money, you know, it's God's grace that's foundational to the covenant with humanity responding by faith and obedience. That's Revelation 14, 12. Mm. (laughs) Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Beautiful. So I'm so so then I go on a journey. Okay, I'm looking, and I now want to take a look at this word covenant. Okay, and if you want to read now from verse twelve to verse seventeen, so we're in Genesis chapter nine, verses twelve to seventeen. Read that passage uh, for us, please, and um, and then we're going to take a look at and compare that to another covenant that God made. All right, so. Uh, Genesis nine twelve to 17. And God said, This is a sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud and I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud and I will look on it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Okay, so here we have some very interesting language. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have, and I have highlighted, um, you know, the key words. Once again, that word covenant, as I pointed out seven times, it appears, you know, after the flood. We have the word rainbow. This is the first time the, the word rainbow appears. It appears, you know, six times in Scripture, three in the story of Noah, mm-hmm. one in Ezekiel, and then two in Revelation, and we'll look at them uh, as we go along, in particular the, 
the passages in Revelation. So we've got rainbow, we've got sign, we've got covenant um, or everlasting covenant, and we've got perpetual generations. And that word perpetual means like continual. Ep- continual. Continual. That's that's the word there. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, wait a minute. You know, let me see where these same terms also appear in connection with another covenant that God made with all of humanity. And so I went to the Sabbath because I remembered the Sabbath contains this language as well. Now, in Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11, we won't take the time to read it there, but we've got the words remember, we've got the words blessed, which we have, mm. you know, which we have here as part of God's covenant. But the Sabbath um, is a sign of God's creation, as we've discovered. And um, we've got a repetition of the Ten Commandments given by God through Moses before yeah, he yeah, dies. Yeah, yeah. And the Sabbath is a sign of something else. What's what's that a sign of? Deliverance from slavery. Yes. It's starting to make more and more sense now. Uh-huh. So we've got the Sabbath as, a, as the sign of creation or a symbol of creation, the outward sign. And we've got the Sabbath as a sign of deliverance because those two commandments, Deuteronomy, the focus is on the Sabbath in the context of deliverance from slavery. Mm. And so when you put these two together, creation Mm -hmm. and salvation, these two elements became the covenant for the people of God because they have those two elements. Yes. And so the Sabbath became God's sign of the everlasting covenant. Wow, that's beautiful. That's huge, isn't it? It adds much more meaning to the It does. It does. It's a sign of deliverance. Just, it is. Just like the rainbow is a reminder. Of, it is. You know. It is. So if you want to read um, Exodus 31, verses 12 to 17, mm-hmm. and this is interesting concerning God's sign. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Therefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to preserve the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Wow. So there you go. So there's that language. So if you take a look at the the language of the rainbow sign and the Sabbath sign, they're identical. Powerful. So the rainbow sign has, um, you know, the rainbow has, you know, the sign. Mm -hmm. It's an everlasting covenant for perpetual generations and God blesses the whole world. Mm -hmm. And if you want to share with us what the Sabbath is. Sabbath is also a sign which God said is a perpetual covenant throughout your generations and again he blesses the whole world through it. And what does the word Noah mean? Oh, it means rest. <laughs> you That's just like the icing on the cake, just in case we didn't get the Sabbath in wow. the story of Noah. Noah's name literally means rest, R-E-S-T. Wow. 
I think I'm going to need to just let this all just settle. <laughs> this and, is huge. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a whole new shape to the story. It's really powerful. We have to go to a, a, a song break and a few other things. Uh, as we do, we have a beautiful song lined up from mm. uh, Carly Fletcher. She's probably one of my favorite songwriters. And uh, she's written a song called Come and worship. Wow, and, and beautiful, I, very I fitting. I think of anything more fitting as we've just been talking about, you know, the Sabbath being a sign. It's also a day for worshiping God, but it's a sign of God's um, creation and deliverance. And mm. What a beautiful thought to reflect on as Amen. we listen to her sing. And then we'll be back with more as we study together. Oh, that's exciting. Can, can you imagine that's when I was really down through it? To come back to our maker, to 
Welcome back. This is Looking Up. I guess you didn't go anywhere, but we're back. <laughs> and uh, oh, we're just going through an incredible Bible study before we get back into the pages of Scripture again. Just a reminder, today's free prize is going to the first and second person to connect with us in studio today. The keyword to call or text us with is the word Sabbath. The number to call is 0491-064-669. This is to claim, uh, to be in the running, to claim today's free prize, which is a beautiful book, Promises for the Last Days. Uh, that's something we really need to be focusing on, the promises of God. And there's some wonderful passages uh, from an author who's written some beautiful things uh, pointing us to the promises of God's word, Ellen G. White. If you're the first or second person to call or text us with the code word Sabbath, this book is yours. And again, the number 0491-064-669. Pastor Danny. Wow. We're, 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 we're drawing all kinds Whew, of... Um, boy, oh boy. We were, we were just looking at some incredible parallels mm-hmm. from the story of Noah and the Ten Commandments and the heart of the Ten Commandments, God's sign, God's seal is the fourth commandment, you know, yes. or regarding the Sabbath. And we've discovered that God embedded the three blessings from the Garden of Eden in the story of Noah post-flood, after the flood, you know, the the first blessing in connection with, um, you know, blessing the you know, all the animals and the environment that they were to enjoy. So the, the, this world is blessed by God and we are to take care of it. We are stewards and so on and so forth. You know, he, he re-emphasized the blessing on marriage and family. Mm-hmm. And he also embedded the blessing of the Sabbath through the rainbow covenant. And uh, the rainbow covenant at the end of time is God's Sabbath sign and seal. Mm, beautiful. Very powerful. So Mark 2.27, Jesus came along and what did he say about the Sabbath? He said something really special. He said that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So... There you go. And that word man is an interesting word, Charissa. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Greek, it's the word anthropos. Mm-hmm. And uh, in English, we get the word anthropology from anthropos. And what's the study of anthropology? Man. Yeah, the study of humanity. <laughs> yeah. um, that's what anthropology is the study of, the study of, 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 of humanity. And so Jesus said the Sabbath was made for humanity. And not the other way around, you know. Not man for the Sabbath, because he knows we need it. Because he knows we. Need it. And if ever there was a time when we needed the Sabbath rest, which is a symbol of salvation and creation, mm-hmm. both, mm-hmm. it's today. Amen. And it's interesting. We mentioned this um, on another occasion, but when Jesus died on the cross, uh, sorry, to go back, go back a step. God finished creating the world in six literal 24-hour days. The Bible says God finished his work and he rested on the seventh day. When Jesus completed the work of salvation, it was what day? He finished it on Friday. He rested in the tomb on the Sabbath and he rose on Sunday to keep going. Exactly. And what did Jesus cry out before he died? It is finished. The same words after creation, on the six days of creation. And you know what? When you read Revelation... Mm -hmm. You realize at the end of the at the end of the seventh plague, um, there's a cry from heaven. It is done. It is finished. And another time it appears is at the end of the millennium when God creates a new heaven and a and a new earth in Revelation twenty one. I think verse six. Mm-hmm. 
it once again says it is finished. Wow, you've um, sparked me thinking. I want to know some other. Uh, want to know what it is in the Greek and everything. Yeah, <laughs> fascinating. Some really interesting. Thoughts fascinating. So, so God has given us these three blessings, mm-hmm. but. What we know, Sharissa, is that just before Jesus returns, the Bible says that Satan will once again be hell-bent on destroying the three blessings that God gave to the human race at the beginning of time that he once again uh, gave to to Noah and his family post-flood. Before the end of time, Satan would seek to sabotage these three blessings. So now let's move from the days of Noah, you know, 1500 BC, let's go forward almost three and a half thousand years to the time when the Bible says the time of the end began. So do you remember when the time of the end began? We've talked about this before. We have, 1798. Yeah, and why Why is that significant? I mean, what happened in 1798 and was there a prophecy that came to an end at that time? Well, there was something pretty significant. I guess the Pope was taken captive, mm-hmm. captive bringing an end to the, the power of the papacy, the papal church. Um, How long had it ruled for? 1260 years, according to just as according to what the Bible said. That's right. So, yeah, pretty amazing. From 538 AD to 1798 AD. And, um, and it's interesting, this is the beginning of the time of the end. And it's interesting what was happening in the world around 1798. This was the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. Now, the Industrial Revolution is very significant because this was the transition to you know new manufacturing processes there in Europe, United States, and you know spreading throughout the world. And this all took place around that period of time, from about 1760 to about 1840, during that period of time. So the world completely transitioned. Now, during this time, we discover that those three blessings from Eden come under heavy attack, under heavy artillery from the enemy. How so? Well, you think about, you know, let's just talk about climate change. Yeah. All right. Um, Has anyone heard of climate change out there? Have you heard of it? <laughs> I feel like the climate's changing right now. <laughs> it is. It it's is. Nice and warm today. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. But it's interesting when they talk when they talk about um, uh, greenhouse emissions and they talk about um, you know uh, the global warming. What do they always refer to? They're always saying one and a half degrees, uh, not more than one and a half degrees. Uh, before pre-industrial levels, isn't that what they mm. meant? They always mention pre-industrial levels. I had never levels. thought about that before, but that's true. Yeah, so they're always including pre-industrial levels. So they're saying what the Earth temperature was like before the Industrial Revolution. We don't want it to go higher than one point five degrees. So they're using the industrial age as a, as a thermometer um, or as a platform. Mm. You know, they're gauging where we are today compared to pre-industrial levels. And so it's interesting that, you know, with the Industrial Revolution, we now have more and more people leaving the country, heading to the cities where the factories are being set up, okay, which is what we have today. And so we, with that, we have, you know, greater populations in the city, of course, less people living in the country, where today more than half the world's population lives in the large cities of the world. And so you have now pollution. Okay, you have now, you know, uh, the, you know, the environment coming under more and more pressure, uh, whereby, and I mentioned this last time, you know, we had 15% 
of this world's surface was um, covered by rainforest, which is the lungs of the of lungs of the earth. The lungs of the earth. Do you remember how many percent we have today? Was it seven? Six percent. Six percent. So we've gone from fifteen percent to six percent. Now we don't need to talk about you know how the environment has been under attack in the last two hundred years. That's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Marriage and the family, with more and more people moving into the cities and city way of living and pressures associated with city. and you know with industry and computerization and we talk about the rat race. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk about the rat, rat race before the industrial revolution. But we talk about the rat race today. So marriage and the family is coming under increasing pressure. Now, let's talk about the Sabbath, okay? Has that come under increasing pressure? Yes, indeed. It's interesting that at the time of um, the time of the end, we have, you know, we have a dramatic shift um, in society and thinking patterns. We have the advent of atheism, mm-hmm. you know, Darwinism, communism, consumerism, Materialism, secularism, relativism, and all sorts of other isms. Can you see how society is changing? Mindset is changing. It's changing every week. (laughs) It is. And you think about how many people today have time for God? We hardly have time for God today. Today, God is only used as a swear word. There's so many things competing for our time and attention. Indeed. Social media, YouTube, indeed, radio. Indeed, indeed. So we have, during the time of the end, the attack from Satan upon these three blessings from Eden. But God will have a people who are going to maintain all three blessings. They're going to care for the environment. Mm -hmm. They're going to uphold marriage and family, which is under attack today. We've talked about that at length, and we should all know that full well. Mm -hmm. And those who are loyal to him and honor him and keep hold of that Sabbath sign, that outward sign, and um, and that's really, really powerful. Now, God will have a people like that because Revelation talks about that. Um, and there's a call in Revelation 14, verses 6 and 7, if you want to read that for us. This is God's final message of love to the world. And there's a call to the world at the end of time when not many will believe in creation from a creator God. Notice what that call is. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Wow. So what do you get out of this passage, Teresa? I get there is an everlasting gospel and there's a call to worship the creator God. Mm. At the end of time, obviously, there's a need to worship the Creator God because people aren't. It's been a, a redirection of their affections and, and loyalty. And where, where does this language come from here in, in the Apocalypse, in the book of Revelation? It's so interesting because it's like God copies and pastes yeah. out of Exodus chapter 20 where he gives the Sabbath commandment. He does. And where is Exodus 20, 8 to 11, a copy and paste from? Genesis chapter 2, 1 to 3. Exactly. So we go all the way back. So God is inviting people at the end of time. This is a message for those who are living at the end of time. It's called the everlasting gospel. It's that first angel's message. It's a message to the entire world to go back to creation, to honor the God, to worship the God that is the creator of heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. The Sabbath is a day when we pause and we stop 
and we remember where we came from, why we have hope through the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ alone, and where we are going in our eternal rest through Jesus Christ. That is such a powerful thought. It's very, very powerful. So is God going to have people like that on planet Earth that will take on board this message? Absolutely. What does the Bible say in Revelation 14, 12? It says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Powerful. And why do they why do they keep the commandments? What's their well, Jesus, what's their motive? Jesus said in John fourteen, fifteen, he said, If you love me, keep my commandments. So their their motive is love. Love. That's it. Love and loyalty. Mm. Why did God give the Sabbath to Adam and Eve? Out of love. He loved them. He loved them. He wanted to bless them. He wanted to bless them, yeah. It's interesting. So I don't know if you want to add anything else to that um, before, um, yeah, want to take a look at this uh, rainbow and the Sabbath as these two eternal signs of God's everlasting covenant of grace, how they come together throughout all eternity. I'm really looking forward to hearing this connection too. There's not much more I can add to what you've said except just to just to appreciate how much of a blessing it is to have a, a, the Sabbath in my life. It's It centers me in Christ. It, yeah. it, 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 we need this weekly refresh where we can take our minds off of the COVID numbers, off of this world, off of the lockdowns and be refreshed and re- reminded that we were made by and in the image of a loving creator mm. God who has all authority and that's why we worship him. He is he is supreme. He is the ruler of the universe. He's the maker of heaven and earth and he is a personal God and desires to spend time with us. It's just you can never really exhaust the beauty of no. this gift. No, which you God can't. has given. And I love how it's a temple made in time. Like mm. it's it comes to everybody wherever you are. It's no place in the world where you can't receive a Sabbath blessing that God's given because it's the sacred time that comes Temple to Temple in time. I'm going to write that down. That's powerful. That's <laughs> well, powerful. You know what, Pastor? Did you come up with that as well? Actually, I wish I could say that, but oh. some friends, uh, I think of Shell, <laughs> they're not really my friends. My husband, I know, is Matt and Josie Minicus. Okay. And they wrote a song called Temple of Time. And wow. would you believe it? Shell's lined it up for us. Wow, I'm thinking <laughs> you're just getting wiser by the moment. Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. Praise the Lord. So, praise the uh, Lord. Everybody, just stay and listen and bask in the beautiful message of this wonderful song about the Sabbath. You will be blessed. God took six days and created earth and moon and stars and sun. On the seventh day he rested from the work that he had done. Then he blessed it, made it holy as a gift for Worship on the Sabbath as his weekly cup. 
kept the Sabbath as they laid him in the grave. Holy day, purified, set apart, sanctified, enter into joy divine in a temple made of time. All forsaken and forgotten. Desecrated and profane, but the sacred fourth commandment is still valid and unchanged. Hear the Father gently calling, "If you love me, keep each one, not for merit or salvation, but because you love my Son." To Faith FM, positively different radio. I'm Robbie Bergen, and I'm inviting you to tune into my brand new show right here on Faith FM, The Faith Experiment. Join me as I share with you my personal experiment with faith and how September 11, 2001, helped shape my worldview. I've got great giveaways, so join me on Mondays right after the breakfast show right here on Faith FM.
everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. We just need to remind everybody that, you know, I'm not sure if the prize has been claimed yet, but in case it hasn't, just give it a go. Call or text us with the keyword Sabbath. The number to call is 0491064669, and it's the book Promises for the last days. Oh, wow. The this is so relevant. Never been more relevant than never right Never been more relevant. You're so, indeed. So uh, definitely call or text us, 0491 And if you're the first or second person, again, I haven't actually checked with the producer. So um, We'll check in due course. Yes, we will. So, all right, make this wonderful connection as we come to land this plane. Okay, we are about to land, folks. So um, you can come back to your put seats, your seat pull your seatbelts on, <laughs> put your Seats up, tray tables up, and we are... Window shades up. Window <laughs> shades. Have you been an air stewardess by any chance? A long time ago. Were you? Seriously? No, no, no. Oh, no. Just, just with <laughs> your sister. Pl- just with your sister. <laughs> Too many flights. <laughs> yes, A thing of the past. Oh, yes, those days across the Atlantic. <laughs> um, oh, no, not the Atlantic. It'd Pacific. be the Pacific. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, my directions are all over the show. Anyway, the Sabbath and the rainbow. We've looked at the connection from the story of Noah, and um, and as I was looking at that, you know, scriptures flooded into my mind the end time connection. Now we know that God's end time people will be sealed by His Sabbath sign. Ah, uh, oh, I've got a real good title for you. Have you? What is it? Signed, sealed, delivered. Oh, <laughs> did you, let me write that down. As God's well. people will be signed, sealed, and delivered. That's I like that. Cool. Signed, sealed, and delivered. I like that. And um, so you have uh, the Sabbath sign is God's end time sign. That's God's end time covenant of love with him and his people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just as the rainbow was God's covenant between Noah and his family and the world, the entire world. After the flood, so too, just before Jesus returns, the Sabbath will be the sign that will, that will show forth in a very um, outward manner. As the rainbow is outward, I mean, everyone sees the rainbow. You know, that's an outward sign. It's clearly visible to all. So the Sabbath will be clearly visible at the end of time to showcase the loyalty between God and his people, those who love Christ and keep his commandments, not to be saved, as we've said all along, but because they have been saved. And so this is the sign of allegiance. It's very, very powerful. And what I discovered is that the Sabbath and the rainbow will remain Forever, forever. Let's go to the How book of. Let's go to the book of Revelation. I mentioned that rainbow appears six times in Scripture, three times in the story of Noah, once in Ezekiel, uh, chapter ten, verse one, and the other two times, the two final times, are in Revelation chapter four, verse three, and Revelation chapter ten and verse one. Do you want to read those two for us, please? Revelation four three, and he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Now, who is this he that is sitting on a throne? It sounds like Jesus. That's God. God. That's God the Father. Yeah, God the Father. Okay. And then chapter 10, verse 1, we've got another person 
associated with the rainbow. So we've got God the Father okay. in Revelation 4.3. Now we've got someone else in Revelation 10.1. I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Because we saw him like this or described with similar language in... Daniel 10. Daniel 10. And, and Revelation, Revelation 1. 1. And Revelation 1. So we've got this mighty angel... That is Jesus Christ. So Christ is not an angel, okay? He's not a created being, but when the Bible uses capital A, angel, it's speaking of the one who is the the commander-in-chief of the angels, and that's Jesus Christ. You know, he appears to Joshua um, at the beginning of the conquest of Canaan as the angel of the Lord. You know, um, Jacob wrestles with the angel who is Jesus Christ, you know, um, the pre-incarnate Christ. And so we've got God the Father surrounded by a rainbow around his throne where he sits. We've got Jesus Christ who in Revelation 10 has a rainbow over his head. Okay. Mm. So the rainbow, it's it's in heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was there most probably before it was here. <laughs> a bit like the sanctuary. We've got the earthly sanctuary. We've got the heavenly sanctuary. Now go to Isaiah chapter 66 and verses 22 and 23 regarding the Sabbath after sin has been eradicated. Here the Bible says, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Wow, so what are we going to be doing after sin has been eradicated from this world and from the universe from Sabbath to Sabbath? Oh, what are we going to be doing? We're going to be worshipping the Lord. And what will be over his rainbow his throne as we come Sabbath by Sabbath the to worship? Yeah. There we go. The <laughs> Sabbath and wondering. the rainbow. I was wondering if I got it wrong then. There was a pause. <laughs> I mean, this is just so huge. Yeah. The Sabbath and the rainbow will remain two outward Everlasting signs between God and his people every single Sabbath. When we come to worship, we will look at God sitting on his throne surrounded by the rainbow. Beautiful. How powerful is that? And now it adds so much more meaning when Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day coming of the Son of God. Wow. So there you go. So, so, Charissa, so um, that, that's just phenomenal. That's just phenomenal. Now, I don't know if you've got any questions. I do have uh, another little insight, but if you've got any questions or you've got any thoughts that you want to share on this, um, yeah, feel free. I'm trying to think if I have a question. I, I don't have a question right now, but maybe as you share your next insight, I can think of Okay, one. now this is another little insight that the Lord gave me. So once again, all the credit goes to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit. It's fascinating that you have these three blessings from Eden, you know, blessing on the environment. You could say, you know, all of nature, you know, the animals, they, they need the environment to function and to survive. You know, you take away the habitat yep. of the animals and sadly the animals die. Um, and, you know, marriage and the family. And then the Sabbath, they're the three blessings. Now you think about our world. Check this out. This tells me that we are really, really close to the end of time. Mm-hmm. You have, you have, um, two predominant groups in the world, okay? We call them like the left and the right, okay? You've got your progressives and you've got your conservatives, mm-hmm. okay? Your Democrats, your Republicans. 
your Liberal Party, your Labor Party. We're polarized. Okay. Now just think about this for a minute. Think about this for a minute. The, the signature, the signature, um, trademark, um, you know, item that those who are on the left, let's call them, you know, say the Labor Party or the Democrats in the United States, um, they are pro the environment. They are pro climate change. Okay. They are not so pro biblical marriage and family. Okay. Now I'm being broad here. Very, very broad. Very, very general. Okay. Okay. We have on the other side, on the right, we have they are pro marriage and family, the biblical foundations of marriage and family, but they are not as excited about the climate change agenda. Okay. And, and a simple, a, a simple illustration of that is if we go back to the United States where Bible prophecy will springboard and will, you know, go like a tsunami through, through, through to the whole world, that final mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. We have Obama. Okay. He was just, he was just raving on about, you know, the whole climate change, um, summit there in Paris and that the whole world needs to get on board and, you know, and, and, and the Pope's encyclical and so forth. He was raving on about, he was the first one to pretty much sign up to the Paris climate change accord. Mr. Trump comes along and what does he say? No, we are. to do his own one. Exactly. We're out of here. We are not following that. So the first opportunity he got at the end of his, uh, at the end of his term, he basically, you know, he signed out. Mm -hmm. We got Biden. Came back. Came back. First day, it's back. Mm. All right. So in like manner, we have, you know, we have one group promoting marriage and the family, biblical values, and when the other group comes into office, they promote the opposite. Okay, they seek to tear that down and promote the opposite. So it's interesting. We've got these two groups, okay? Mm-hmm. They have differences, titanic differences, in those two areas of climate change and marriage and the family in particular. Okay. What does the Sabbath do? The Sabbath brings the climate and marriage and family together. That was God's original plan, the environment and the family together. Mm-hmm. So what's the enemy going to do? The enemy is going to get these two groups that are polar opposites on these two big issues. United and come together on a new enemy. On a new enemy that worships God and is loyal to him in his Sabbath day, and the enemy will create and erect a counterfeit Sabbath now, day. Now, Danny, this could, this like, it sounds like even it could be as far stretch for someone who might be listening to this for the first time, but where do you get your inspiration for this? This is all from the book of Revelation, okay. from prophecy. I would probably need another program to unpack it all <laughs> yeah. because it's pretty heavy. But we are looking at the enemy seeking to orchestrate at the end of time, taking these two blessings and uniting them in his counterfeit. And you think about the uh, a day off each week, one day off each week to rest the world, to rest the planet. Does that does that does that fall into line with the uh, climate change Absolutely. narrative? Yes. What about oh, the marriage and family yeah, yeah. narrative? That's yes. Day for the family. Two, two opposites come together in a counterfeit Sabbath. And and it's interesting that what happened back 2,000 years ago will happen again today when you've got the Sadducees and the Pharisees who were polar opposites came together, together in order to destroy Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, 
And as you were just saying all of that, and you're talking about how they'll unite on a new common enemy, reminded me of, you know, Matthew 24. He outlines all the signs, and then he says, it's just the beginning of sorrows. And then after that, verse 9, they will deliver you up to tribulation. Mm. Um, You know, it's like the whole world will turn on those who want to be faithful to Jesus. Because lawlessness will abound. Oh. The hearts of many will go across. So that's, so that's when we go to Matthew. We're going to go to Matthew 24 and 25 one of these days and unpack that because that's very powerful. Mm. But, yeah, so this is so significant what we've looked at today from an end-time scenario. You can see how both groups will come together on that counterfeit day of worship. As we sign out on this part of the program, I guess um, there's so much here. But I, for me, what you've just shared, what you've just led us through, it's really shown us, again, just the richness of meaning that God has placed on the seventh day Sabbath. Mm. And uh, I yep. would encourage our listeners, I know you'll have some final words in just a moment, but really dig into this. It's such a rich subject. We're going to a beautiful song, The Wonder of the Rainbow by Buddy Davis. Enjoy it. Then we'll be back as we close off. Rainbow, the wonder of a rainbow It can turn a day that's so-so Into a glorious day Hey, don't you love a rainbow? It can make a heart glow It can make a smile grow The wonder of a rainbow I have often wondered at what Noah thought After the flood when he felt a raindrop God consoled him with the promise of love God made a rainbow and he hung it above A rainbow, the wonder of a rainbow It can turn a day that's so-so Into a glorious day Hey, don't you love a rainbow? can make a smile grow, the wonder of a rainbow. Little children with rubber boots and a raincoat, splashing in a mud puddle with a toy boat. They stop playing and point to the sky. Through the rain shower, something's captured their eye. It's a rainbow. The wonder of a rainbow It can turn a day that's so-so Into a glorious day Hey, don't you love a rainbow It can make a heart glow It can make a smile grow The wonder of a rainbow I have never found the pot of gold At the end of the rainbow like I have been told Well, I don't need the money and I don't want the dough Cause I feel like a million when I see a rainbow A rainbow, the wonder of a rainbow It can turn a day that's so-so into a glorious day Hey, don't you love a rainbow? It 
can make a heart glow. It can make a smile grow. The wonder of a show this has been huge titanic you talk about that to begin with how appropriate (laughs) yes i really enjoyed it and uh, i guess as we wrap up this bible study uh pastor danny what would your appeal be to those who may be listening and just learning some of these things for the very first time well we've gone through a lot of uh, material and some of it you may be familiar with some of it you may not be or a lot of it you may not be and you might be like Wow, wow, wow. You know, this is all just really incredible. Never seen this in Scripture. Didn't even know this existed. Um, What I want to encourage all of our listeners to do, the first and foremost thing we need to do is take on board the invitation of Jesus. When it comes to the Sabbath, there's really no, uh, no greater grander invitation than the one that Jesus gives in, you know, Matthew 11, 28, where he says, Come unto me, all you who labor, and a heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. You know, so Jesus says, come to me as you are and die. Regardless, because we're not saved by how much we know. We're not saved by, you know, incredible biblical insights that God gives us. We're saved by grace alone, through Jesus Christ alone, by coming to him alone. So Jesus has the door open, just as the door of the ark was open. For 120 years, Noah preached. The door was open for 120 years. And the message of Noah was simply, come, come, come into the ark and be saved. And Jesus says, you know, come unto me, all you who labor in it, and I'll give you rest. I will give you that Sabbath rest that is, that, that is holistic, that provides for all that you need. It's not just about a day. Jesus gives us rest, um, salvation rest. And, uh, you know, the last, the last invitation in scripture, Revelation 22, 17, you know, and the spirit and the bride say, come and let him who hears say, come and let him who is thirsty come. So Jesus invites us to come. Oh, that's such a beautiful invitation. And we really hope that as you've been listening, that you will take up Jesus on this invitation. He says, come to me and find that rest that mm. the world cannot give. And if we ever needed mm. to experience the blessing and bask in the blessing of the Sabbath, it is today. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, maybe you can close us out with prayer. Sure, love to, love to. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for the blessings that we have in Jesus. Father, we want to thank you for Jesus. We want to thank you for his words. We want to thank you for all of Scripture that you have, Father, inspired through your Holy Spirit as holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Father, we want to thank you that we have words of hope to cling to in these uncertain and unstable times where there's uh, where there's great fear and frustration, where there's chaos and confusion, we can hold on to Christ. We can hold on to him by faith. And so, Father, we thank you with that. We have nothing to fear for the future 
unless we shall forget how the Lord has led us in the past. And Father, as you protected Noah and his family, as you were faithful to him and you protected him and you placed your hedge around him, as you delivered him through the storm to the other side, so too, Father, we believe that you will deliver each and every one of us that cling to you by faith, that come into your ark of love at this end time before Jesus comes and you will deliver us safely through the coming storm to the other side into the new Jerusalem. So we thank you and we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, Really looking forward to next week. Is our last session on the story of Noah. We we haven't exhausted the subject, but it will be our last session. Okay. Well, we look forward to... Home at last is next week. That's the title? Home at last. That sounds like a good one. So we'll look forward to that. May God bless you. Uh, We're going to be going to the Drive Time program in Adelaide. It's a live program too, so interact with the next crew that takes over from us here. But until next time, we just want to wish you all a great week. Walk with God. And remember, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. God bless you all. We'll see you back here next week. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me See the bride and the spirit.